Amen. Amen. How many of you believe God to be a rock? Oh, man. I, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. I didn't ask you how many of you believe the Eagles are doing well. I, that, that's what that deserved. Um, but I said, how many of you know God is a rock? Oh, 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 oh. Man, Nico, I don't know what's wrong with the mic. I don't know what happened. They heard something else. Thank you. We got it fixed. Okay, cool, man. One of the things about being in Christ that's awesome is that um, he's a place of stability. In a world where many things aren't stable. A matter of fact, if you think back to last week, there were some things happened that you didn't know was going to happen, didn't it? Okay. Have you ever had anything happen to you in life where you didn't know what's going to happen, but it happened? And are you still here? Now, do you know that wasn't because you kept yourself here? It's because the rock was solid enough to hold you here. Oh, y'all not going to talk back to me. The good thing about God, the good thing about being in the living God is that no matter what you go through and who you go through, that God is always going to keep you and take care of you. That's why he said there's only two foundations. There's one foundation that's sand, and there's one foundation that's solid enough to stand on. And we stand on the rock. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you get the awesome opportunity of being kept, not keeping yourself. That's why uh, the loss of salvation is the worst principle I've ever heard in my life. Because the loss of salvation means that it's not eternal life, that it's temporal life. So if you can lose your salvation, then it was temporal. But, 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 but if it's eternal life, that means it's unending. That means you can't unfriend yourself from heaven. Help me today. You can't, you, you, God, heaven doesn't block you ever again. You were blocked from heaven, but through Christ, God unblocked you. Somebody ought to hear me right there. Matter, matter, of fact, matter of fact, when you got saved, you didn't hit the like button, you hit the love button. And you get to spend eternity with the living God and the social media is a spiritual media between God and man that stays connected and there's no internet issues between your relationship with God. And so whether you talk to him this week or not, God is still in a relationship with you and he's waiting for you to talk to him because he's your rock, he ain't going nowhere. He went somewhere, she went somewhere, they went somewhere. All them folk went somewhere, but the rock is still there. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the fact that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mess and he still loves me and doesn't wait until I get it right to love me. He loved me anyway. See, some of y'all ain't, you see, you don't know love. See, that's why you ain't clapping to nothing. It ain't because of your wiring or your background. It's because you don't know the goodness of God in your life, and you haven't checked on it. But the last time I checked the Rolodex of my life and recognized that the goodness of God has been keeping me, I'm so glad that I have a God that is reaching farther than I can reach, taking me farther than I can go, and loving me beyond what I'm worth. So... That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Amen. 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 Let's pray for some of our folks that are, that are sick. Um, some people are going through some difficulties, and so we want to keep them lifted up in prayer. One of the things about being the church, being the church, not going to church, because this is not a church, this facility, we are the church. And so in light of that reality, we, we got to live in light of that reality by loving one another. And so when you know someone in your life group or in your sphere as a believer is going through, love on them. Send them a card, go see them, call them. One of the things I like to do when I find out someone's dealing with some issues, I, instead of sending them a, 
a, a, a flower arrangement that's going to die. Send them a fruit arrangement so they can uh, do that in remembrance of me. You know what I'm saying? Just love on, know that the pastor loved them, all right? And so what you want to do is do stuff in remembrance. Remember me and remember that I love you, but ultimately remember the Lord Jesus Christ. And so loving on people, that's what the body is about. We talk a lot about missions here. Talk a lot about missions, but I, I never want us to forget our role to love one another. And, and that to be a part of the matrix of our church and a part of this community and why people become a part is partly because of that reason is our hope. And that's that high goal is what we want to stake our lives to live for, showing love for God's people. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Um, we're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, ESV version of the Bible. Uh, chapter 10, verses 14 through 33. We're going to finish that today. But we're going to finish that today. I'll, I'll start, and you know how we do. Uh, you guys continue. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Keep going. Amen, amen, amen. Um, in our series on It's Time to Grow Up through 1 Corinthians, line by line and precept upon precept, uh, today in this subsection, we're going to talk about living a life of enjoyment to the glory of God. Living a life of enjoyment. Somebody say enjoyment. 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 Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We honor you for your glory. We honor you that we get to be glory reflectors, if you will. 
and that our souls have been rigged to show off Jesus Christ if we know you. And so, God, I pray today that you would shatter um, our expectations of what our life should be like in relation to how we've been taught, how we've been trained, and even in our own selfishness at times. And so, God, I pray that you would, you would break open places in our life that helps us to see all of life under the cross and see all of life more effectively under the redeeming power of the blood and the resurrection of Christ. And so, God, I need strength and your people need open hearts. And so, oil this place with the Holy Spirit's presence, God. And we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust and help us not to just be people who hear the word, but help us uh, to be doers of the word who respond to your word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we honor you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of, uh, one of the things that I've noticed and I continue uh, to learn is that, um, you know, I, I love, one of, one of the things that you're supposed to be as a believer Develop and, 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 and strengthen in is sound doctrine. Somebody say sound doctrine. Sound the, the challenge, though, in the realm of where people tend to believe sound doctrine is when someone takes, who's not sound, takes a piece of sound doctrine. Please, please trek with me. And, and, and they take a piece of that, hijack it, and blow it up into unsound doctrine. And, 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 what, and what happens with people who believe and quote-unquote sound doctrine, what happens is, is they demonize every component of something that was viewed as biblical that was hijacked by people who don't have biblical intent for it. Are, are you trekking with me? Think, think, things, things like everything from money has been hijacked. A biblical understanding of prosperity has been hijacked. But, but I think those are the easy ones. One of the ones that I think has been hijacked is joy. Somebody say joy. Also add to that happiness. Somebody say happiness. Um, um, it's, it's been hijacked. And, and, and we've been taught biblically that happiness is unbiblical. We, we've been taught that God is not out for your happiness. But what, 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 let, let's break this down real quick. The, the Bible talks a lot about joy. Joy is unending satisfaction with God no matter what. So when you got saved, the Holy Spirit gave you fruit in your soul, and one of the pieces of that fruit is called joy. Joy, joy is unending. That means if I go through something difficult, joy doesn't end. If I go through something good, joy doesn't end. If I go through a pain, joy doesn't end because joy is trans, uh, is trans or above circumstance. Okay, and so and so 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 Paul will say stuff like from a prison in chapter three of Philippians, chapter four of Philippians. Rejoice, and again I'll say rejoice. Jesus will say, "Make my joy complete in His incarnation." James will say, talking to believers who are going through stuff, count it all joy when you encounter various. So so this idea of joy uh, is a big part of the Bible, but a byproduct or thing up under the umbrella of joy is happiness. Somebody say happiness. Now, 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 when you look at Psalm 1, I, I, I'm coming around because I want you to get this as we get in this text. When you get into Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the word blessed there actually is better translated happy. In other words, happiness that's in connection to what God says. 
And so God's calling on your life is to be happy, but in connection with him. Now, I'm not saying God has called y'all, he's called you to happiness and happiness. I ain't talking about that. So to get this, see, some of y'all done already went there. See, this is some unsound stuff. See, God wants your best life. I ain't talking about your best life now. I'm talking about your best life because of Jesus. Help me today, God. And so, and, and, so, and so many of us have separated because we don't believe God provides happiness because the devil's lied to us like he did Eve and told her, did God say? Made her, made her question his goodness. When she questioned his goodness, God gave her freedom throughout the entirety of the garden, her and Adam, to be happy and enjoy. Matter of fact, not just the garden, but the entire world. It's, it, 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 it made them only focus on what's in the midst of the garden. And what happens when you doubt God's goodness, guess what happens to you? You begin to seek happiness without him. And so what Paul is challenging us to do today is to view, he's talking to the Corinthians from chapter 8 all the way to the end of chapter 10 about how to allow their leisure to be under the cross. How your leisure can be under the cross. In other words, he's saying, I don't want you to ever turn off your responsibility as a believer to walk as a believer even when you're enjoying yourself. He said, he said, don't let enjoying yourself become an idol. Look at the text, which brings me to my first point. We must distinctively represent Jesus in the world, point number one. He says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I like that. He calls them beloved because he's about to jam them up. Now, what I like about that, in, in the fact that he's jamming them up, he talks to them about their identity before he talks to them about their sin. Because many times when we get talked about, when, we, when our sin gets talked about, we get depressed. And so God wants us to know that our repentance doesn't earn, as a believer now, I'm not talking about an unbeliever, as a believer doesn't earn love, nor does it as an unbeliever. So n- not doing something doesn't earn your, your God's love. God loves you in your worst state of filthiness. That's why he said, you're already beloved. So what I'm about to tell you doesn't earn God's love. You can't earn God's love. Only one can earn God's love is Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so he said, flee from idolatry. Now, now, what's interesting is the Bible says very few things, tells us to flee very few things. It says flee fornication or immorality or and all that. Then it says flee uh, 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 idolatry. Now, uh, fleeing is interesting in the Greek. It's a real, real powerful, powerful exegetical idea. Flee in the Greek means flee. It, it, it means run from whatever he's telling you to run from. Now, idolatry is this. Idolatry is to place your affections for someone, something, or someplace above God. To place your affections of someone or someplace or something above God. Now, what he's telling them is it can even be something good that becomes an idol. And he's letting you know that some of us can't have relationships with things that are even good because of our unhealthy, it's an unhealthy outlet for us. Oh, y'all not going to talk back to me today. 
See, some of us think we can handle too much, and that's our problem. And that's why you in the mess that you're in, and that's why you crawl. It's because you've made something an idol, and you want God to stamp it as good when God said, I make good things, but you're not having a good relationship with it. Therefore, your lack of good relationship with it demands that I take it from you because when something that I created for you to enjoy gets in the way of your joy in me, then I got an issue with it. I got an issue with it. And so, and so he called, he called, because God, listen, God loves you more than your enjoyment. Because he knows that there's no real enjoyment. See, I don't want nothing in my life that I can't enjoy that God can't smile on. And you know, now, now, to be honest, I do. If we split the script. Now, let's be honest. There's some things in our life that we want that God doesn't want that's good and bad in our life that God won't let us have in our life because he loves us enough to, make, to, to push us towards him. See, some of the stuff that God, help me today, some of the stuff God takes from you is him pushing you closer to him. But many of us love what he takes away so much that we don't realize that he's pushing you closer to him even though he's painfully tearing it from you. That, that, that's what happens in the life of a believer. Your, your life is being, as a believer, is on an ever-loving trajectory of all of your affections coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's, that's, the, we, that's why we're idol smashers, family. Our, our life is filled with that. And then sometimes in God doing that, fleeing, sometimes is God redirecting our relationship with what we idolize. Okay? And I'm going to explain that in a second because I want us to really get the idea of what Paul is trying to let these immature Christians understand. He, he, says, he says in the next part of the verses, he says, verse 15, he says, I speak as to sensible people. He said, judge for yourselves what I say. This is good pastoring. That's good pastoring. See, I'm going to give you all this. Free, before I get to that, I'm going to say the good pastoring part. He talks about, he's, he, he trusts their relationship with God, and, or, or he trusts God with them. What, what, what Paul is doing is Paul is not trying to be a cult leader. See, a cult leader tries to control your response to what they say. So they got to control your life and give you all these rules and tell you what not to go and what movies not to watch and give you all these. See, that's cult leaders. See, but a good disciple make a good shepherd gives you the biblical principles, and gives you the room to be a mess. Now, see, some of y'all, because y'all don't relate to that, because some of y'all, especially y'all with kids, y'all try to control everything about their life, and it doesn't work. Y'all got quiet on me right there. (laughs) But that never works. Listen, listen, when you tell somebody the truth, when the open door happens, tell them the truth, Release them, give them room to make mistakes and repent to come back. Because if you force them, they're going to hate you. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to talk back. It's okay. But if you give them room to come back and you still love them in the midst of you having had told them the truth, then guess what? They come back with a different disposition towards your relationship because your love wasn't conditional on obedience. See, that's Paul. Paul's pastoring right here. He said, I'm going to just tell you all this. Do what you want to do. See, that's when you get, when my, somebody in my life tell me that, one mentor, you tell me that, do what you want to do, Eric, but I'm going to just tell you this. I knew I needed to listen, right, because I've been through that road a little bit more, all right? He said, just for yourselves. I like that he entrusts even young believers to make godly decisions. Godly decisions don't start when you become a mature Christian. That's very important. 
Godly decision-making is practice in immaturity. Somebody need to write that down. I'm going to just tell you right now. Oh, God, help me. You, 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 don't, you don't get mature by standing still. You get mature by application. And, and, and that maturity happens on a trajectory of spiritual immaturity that turns into maturity as you continue to apply biblical principles that are healthy to your life. All right? And so, and so help me today, God. So, so now, now he's about to go into sort of an illustration example. I don't want y'all to get lost in this because this is very, very helpful about enjoyment. He's giving in their context what it looked like for them to enjoy life in a very, very embedded context that's very, very specific application to them. I mean, uh, theologically uh, for them, but implicationally and applicationally, it'll help us out a ton. Check out verse 16. He says, the cup of blessing, talking about um, the, the, the communion. He said, because he, he's given an example. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? He says, the bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Okay? And he, he's talking about God, our relationship with God through Christ, and our relationship with one another. He says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, and we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifice, sacrifices, uh, sacrifice participants in the participates in the altar. So what is he saying? This is this is this is thick. Okay, let me break this down. So remember last time, a, a few times ago, we talked about the whole temple idea back in the, back in their back in their day in first in Corinth. Their, their temples were like clubs. So there was a lot of nudity, frontal nudity, partial nudity. There, there was a lot of idol worship. There was public sexual activity. There was the exchanging. We're going to talk about it more next week uh, when we talk about gender roles in the church next week. Um, but, 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 but it's interesting as, as, as we look at this, that, that this was an environment, a club environment. All right? And so what happened was is believers, they became Christians. So when they became Christians and found out about the fact that the earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof, which he's going to talk about in a second, Christians began to say, okay, I can go to the temple even though I used to while out there, and I can go back to the temple and have a Christian relationship with my past. In, in, in other words, that was where I used to fall a lot. That's where I used to act a fool a lot. I'm strong enough to go back and have a different relationship with the place where I used to sin the most. It helped me today. If I can parenthetically pause right there for five seconds. See, some of y'all think y'all stronger than y'all are. See, see, Paul is telling them is when your enjoyment trumps your commitment to Christ, you've entered into idolatry. And some, some of you are in some stuff that God has permanently called you out of. You're going to have to make a decision in your life, is my walk with Christ more important than this aspect of unredeemed enjoyment that I want? I know, y'all not going to talk back, it's okay. But Paul's trying to help us to frame our lives around God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things and helping us to be challenged as believers. He says, what do I imply then? Verse 19, he says that food offered to idols is anything. Or that an idol is anything? He said, he said, it's nothing. He says, it's nothing. He says, no, though. He said, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. He says, I do not want 
to be participants with demons. Now, participant means fellowship or community with. Now, what's interesting here is that Paul is saying there is no neutral enjoyment. In other words, when he says neutral enjoyment, enjoy, there, are, there can be spiritual activity that's going on in places of your desired enjoyment that can infringe upon your walk with Jesus Christ. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. Now, now I'm about to give an illustration about my life. Now, don't get mad. Some of us is from that background. All right. So, um, when, when I was in college, um, I, 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 that was when I met Jesus Christ as Savior. That same fall of that life, I began to pledge a fraternity. And, I, and as I began to go into pledging um, the fraternity, I, I felt a sense of, um, you, you, know, you know when you're young in the faith and you don't have the information but you got the Holy Ghost? And, and you, don't, you don't know all that you need to know. You just know that something ain't right. Now, I know ain't nobody in here have experienced that, but you, I mean, something ain't right. Now, now, it, it, it wasn't what I was about to do that wasn't right. It was some aspects of what I was about to do that wasn't right. And so what began to happen was I went through this process. I won't get into, I don't need to talk to you about secret things and stuff like that. But, but, I, but I'll say this. There were things in that process, vow-wise, that was not of God that I would even say was demonic. And when I started walking with the Lord, I mean, I was still trying to walk. I took a vow of celibacy. Dudes thought I was crazy. They said, you pledging a fraternity and you take a vow of celibacy. I'm lost, right? Um, But, I I mean, I just thought that you just take vows and stuff like that. So I'm going through the process. Go over. I'm enjoying aspects of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm enjoying aspects of it. Um, Able to even be Christian in it, but still something wasn't right. And like six months in my neophyte years, I, be, I, I denounced the fraternity. Like, I threw away everything. And, um, and, and I could remember, I, I could remember, like, feeling on one, I mean, I cried for, like, three months because I was really, really into this situation. And, um, and, and one of the things that, I, as I began to study Scripture, I began to see the spiritual aspect of it. And that, there, and I know you can get mad at me all you want, I'm just telling you, all right? I, I, I made some vows to some spirits that I needed to denounce. And so I denounced the frat. Because there was a point, and I was a believer one year, but there was a point in me where as much as I loved this, I mean, it was like I was dying, giving away my fraternity paraphernalia at the time, and I was broken about it, but, I, but, but, but God shows me over and over and over again that because of the place that I gave that fraternity in my life, there were some things that he wouldn't have been able to release to me if I didn't walk in obedience to exalting his enjoyment of himself and me enjoying him above my personal enjoyment. Then almost two decades later, God says, you can re-engage, but you're going to re-engage on my terms. You're going to re-engage on my terms, so you're not going to sing to him. If I sing to him to you right now, you'd be like, whoa. You're not going to say certain things, but you're going to engage and you're going to love those guys. And you're going to build relationships, but you're not going to be involved with any pledging or any secret activity, but you're going to do things on my terms. Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. There is nothing in your life that's worth your walk with God. Am I telling you not to join the fraternity sorority? That's not what I'm saying. 
But what I am, because I'm not going to cult lead you, but what I am going to tell you is you better have some biblical scruples that help you to make godly decisions above your own personal concern and your own personal desire for what you want. Your life is not your own. Learn it while you're young. Learn it while, listen, there is a trajectory that God loves to put people who are sold out to him on when they do it young. Now, I ain't, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't hating on people that got it. Whenever you got it in your age, praise God. I'm talking to the young cats now. Listen, sell out for the king now. Yeah. And you can enjoy it. And you can enjoy it because the lie is, is that I'm going to wait till later when, the enjoy, when I've sown my royal oats. And then the Christian life now, like, what is that even? What is, what is that? What, I, help me in tongues, Jesus Christ, today. What is that? Because the assumption is, is that God is so lame, he's so enjoyed, he's some old man with varicose veins up on the throne with a long beard that's been growing for eternity, that when you come in and try to talk to him, he says, oh, what do you want now? Uh, g- g- give me a slitch. Um, uh, t- what do you want? You, we think of God as some old grouchy goofball. Help me today. <laughs> he invites you to talk to him. He invites you into, and he dwells in unapproachable light. He's not an ugly God either. No varicose veins, no hate on anybody. Um, but I'm just trying to help us today to develop a divine intended relation to this. Now, Paul is going to get very, very practical. Paul is going to get very, very practical to help us because what he did was he gave you the theological premise for selling out to God and letting, um, <laughs> letting the gospel influence your enjoyment. Like, th- th- this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Being a Christian means to enjoy life. Like, I, if you, I want you to understand that as long as it glorifies God. Now, look at verse 21. Look at verse 21, then we'll get in, <clears throat> in point two. It says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Lord Jesus. Same thing as you can't serve two masters. Let, let me tell you something. Let me give you this for free. Let me just tell you something. I'm, I got some charismatic thing in me. Listen, I, I, let me tell you some stuff. I, I like vampire shows. I like them. But when they start that, and all of that talking, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> I don't, I don't mess. See, some of y'all are strong, and you, you, now this is nothing. This is nothing. But uh, them people start saying stuff. I don't know what the devil. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm an I'm, I'm a oil dude. If I sense a devil in the house, y'all, y'all got to help me. If I sense, I'm, I'm going like this. I'm like, I start speaking in tongues. I'm telling you for real. In, in my own prayer cause, I start speaking in tongues. I ain't going to say it now. And then I start oiling stuff down. Just doors and everything. I go over my sons. I'll be like this. I'll be like, yeah, cow. Just getting them. You know what I'm saying? I'll be getting them. Listen, listen, I don't want the devil nowhere in my house. Listen, listen. I, I, and let me tell you something. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I, I ain't fooling with him. I, listen, I don't want to give him a fool. All the movies and things. Listen, I ain't trying to be legal. Listen, it's some stuff that I just, you ever felt, I'm, I'm giving you this for free. You ever watch something, you say something ain't right. Just, that's, you're supposed to feel that way. You're a Christian with the Holy Spirit in you, 
ain't something told me, no, it wasn't something, it was someone. And you follow him. Listen, don't forget about spiritual, don't forget about the devil. I forgot to tell y'all that. Anyway, verse 21. <coughs> this is what he says. He lays this thing out. He says, shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Uh, what is jealousy? Oh, wish I'd have said this in the first gathering. Ah, jealousy is God's demand for exclusivity of commitment. That's powerful. God's, de- God's demand is say, I have a right, I have a right, I have a right to say no to you. I have a right in the world that I created to tell you how you're going to enjoy it. That's, that's, that's my job as dad. I'm pop. I love you enough to say exclusivity to me who created everything gives you clarity on how everything works. So it would be unloving to let you do you. See, it's unloving for you. So I'm going to do me because you're mad at somebody. And you're going to go, I'm going to get my swerve on and do me. Watch that loving hip-hop. Lost your mind. I'm going, to, I'm going to the Big Easy. I'm going to Mardi Gras, and I'm going to do me. Go ahead and do you. That lead way leads to death. Leads to death. It does. God calls for exclusivity. And some of you are ready to walk away from the faith because God won't let you enjoy life on your terms. <laughs> As I've been pastoring, I've seen people walk away from God because the church and God love them enough to not allow them to have life on their own terms. Many of you are on the fringes right now. Is, is, is you're, you're so bound, you don't see your bondage as bondage. You see it as freedom. And when God challenges you through the church and through the Holy Ghost, you see it as a restriction versus as an open freedom. But if you would give yourself death and time out of that situation, let me tell you something. You'll see freedom from God's perspective versus your own perspective. I want the jealousy of God to guide me. The, exclusive, uh, the exclusivity of the living God, I got to move. <coughs> Next point, we must not remove the tension from representing Jesus in the world. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Y'all better give me a clock. <laughs> he said, all things, <laughs> he said, all things are lawful, <laughs> but not all things build up. The key word here is helpful and build up. <laughs> helpful and build up. <laughs> Adjective. It, it describes what your life is supposed to be about, being helpful and building people up. That, that's what your life is built. Now, you should find joy in that. You should find joy in being helpful. That, 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 that means, does my enjoyment in this context, this, 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 trans, this is transcontextual, but here in the context is about enjoyment. Does your enjoyment help people or does it hinder people? Does, does your enjoyment build people up or does it tear them down? See, those are some guiding principles practically to help you to say, am I doing kingdom damage by enjoying myself like this? That's what you, you got to ask. You got to ask yourself because, because that's the question we're always asking. God, what, 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 what help is my, everything should build up. The word build up there can be translated edify. Edify, gives life to other Christians, leaves doors open for non-Christians to recognize the living God because you love him enough to restrict your life by freedom to love them, to help them, and to build them up. 
He said, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. What in your life is you seeking your own good? I know he ain't saved, but he nicer than some Christian men I know. I mean, ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't no women in the church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I have yet to meet a Proverbs 31 woman. Like, wow, with that attitude, you never will either. Huh? Huh? Tell me where I just, you know, I just feel like, see, there you go. I just feel like. See, see, see when you, whenever you say stuff like that, you know you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and when you know you use the word need outside of God, let me tell you something. All right. I, I, I need um, some sex. So what does that mean? Like if you ain't got a, I, 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 I need a drink. Okay. So you're saying because your day was so hard, it was a hard day, so you need to curb the hardness of the day with taking a drink to give you peace from a hard day. My Bible didn't say liquor was my peace. My Bible says the Lord is my peace, says Jehovah Shalom. See, see, whenever, see, I didn't say none of those things were wrong in and of themselves. In the right context and in the right shaping of how God uses them, that's what I'm talking about, family, is don't let your enjoyment become your need. That's why it's called an enjoyment, because it's optional. That's, that's what it's about, optional. Freedom is Option-based, where you now, when you get saved, you are free to now have your will taken out of bondage. When Christ died on the cross, he took your will out of bondage so you can say yes to God and no to God. But you couldn't before you got saved. That's why you needed him to save you. Let me keep moving. <coughs> He's helping us here because God is saying, right, he says, but, now check it out. Paul going to get real practical. I like this. He going to get real, 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 real practical. He says, but if, if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice. He says, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. What I like about this, what I like about this, now let me go back up, verse 25. He says, eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. In other words, you know, with hot, what kind of hot dogs are those? You know, he's kind of like that, right? Are they gluten-free? Are they vegan-friendly? You know, all that. Is it is that pork? I ate pork and getting all loud and people are like, what's the big deal? You know, um, he's basically saying, he's basically saying, he's talking about two types of people. Some of y'all, when y'all get truth, y'all lose your mind. When, when you get truth, some of y'all just go extra. Like y'all look for devils everywhere. I smell a demon, right? And then you going on in. Huh? <laughs> Paul talking to the deep people. He said, Paul basically said, chill out. Because he knows as a pastor, you have two responses to a sermon in a sense of good responses, people who want to respond well. You have people that add law to what you said, and you have people take the truth out of what you said. 
Are you checking with me? And so, and so what he does is he said, he said, he said, he said, come to, you don't have to be legalistic about this. You don't have to say, okay, is there idol worshiper here? Is there, you know, um, going over somebody's house? Oh, you know, um, do they watch, listen to secular music? Are they going to do the electric slide? Are they going to play doing the butt? What are they going to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what he's talking about, man. And he's talking about, <coughs> he said, don't ask questions. Now, he's he saying going over there with no screen. He said, no, but he's saying, leave your life open for those type of things. He said, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Enjoy. He said, but don't forget, helpful, build up. You see that? But look at, verse, look at verse 28. He says, but if someone says you, <coughs> that this is offered as in a sacrifice, then you do not eat <coughs> for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. You know what I like about this? It assumes that Christians are going to engage non-Christians and build friendships with non-believers and go over their house and eat food. Very practical. And, and what he's saying is, he says, when you go over there, and what I like about this also, it assumes that you're going to build relationships, not community, but relationships with non-Christians. And the, the second thing that it assumes is dope. What he says, he says, he says, he says, some, he said, what, what happened is, is when people are around you as a Christian and you brought them to church or life group, what it begin to happen, I mean, he ain't saying life group, but you know what I mean, around Christian thought. There's a sense when they say, oh, they're not supposed to eat stuff for idols. I'm an idol worshiper. They're coming to my house, and they say, oh, by the way, if, see, if they don't say nothing, you eat, right? Because it doesn't have any effect if you don't, boom, pray, sanctify by means of prayer. Uh, you know, First Timothy chapter 4, all things are created to be shared by those who believe and know the proof when sanctified by prayer. Now, when you go here, he says, basically now the person tells you this is a sacrifice to idols. He says, don't eat. He says, I don't want you to mess up the fruit that God is bearing in them recognizing the distinction between your faith and theirs. So that, don't, don't say, oh, I'm good, you know what I'm saying, I'm free. See, you done messed everything up. Because what God is using your distinctiveness as is an opportunity to continue to build more common ground so that you can lead them to Jesus Christ. But if you put your freedom by not building up and being helpful above God's word, then what's going to happen is you'll bruise fruit. Okay? And so that's why he's telling us to not throw your minds off a mission when you're on mission and recognizing that. I, so don't let your freedom get in a, Listen, you can have as many unsaved friends as you want to. But be careful of their community for you. And let me tell you this. Be honest with what you can handle. There's some friends you, can't, you just can't. If you've got some sexy friends, just tell yourself they're sexy and don't be around them. Okay, see y'all looking at me funny. See, y'all ain't real. See, some of y'all are so strong. Man, if I get a moment alone with her, I'm going to slob shorty down. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no! Listen, listen. Okay, don't raise your hand. Everybody in here has sexy people in their sphere of influence. You may not be the missionary to them. The Bible says, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. (laughs) 
Listen, I'm just, I'm just being straight. You may not be the laborer, but you said, but you know, you're not the laborer. Listen, you're not, you're not, you're not. Stop, stop, stop. Just stop, right? <coughs> some of y'all can't go to some of the sexy concerts. Y'all go with y'all friends to the concert. You know what I'm saying? You know, I went with my wife. I'm going with my wife holding her tight. We went to the new edition. I held her tight. Cacao, close to me. Some of y'all singles, I don't see how y'all go to like, I'm just, just free. I'm rambling. Jill Scott and Maxwell, it's too much sex appeal in the environment. Jill Scott just bring help. <laughs> I hear you, Mark. I hear you, Mark. I ain't going to look that way. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm not telling y'all, listen, I ain't saying don't go. I just don't know as a single person if I can be around legs and thighs and Jill Scott and, 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 and I mean, the, shoot, man, let me get back in this sex, man. I just couldn't. All right, last point. For, it's all in the Bible. Help me today, God. Last point. This is real short. <coughs> I just don't know. I'm just telling people be real. Last point. Last point said, God's glory frees us up to represent him. He said, so what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That's the rudder. That's the rudder right there. The helpful and build up goes under glory of God. Doxo- Your life should be a living doxology. That's what glory is in the text, doxa, which means to, 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 to talk about the weightiness or represent and reflect the weightiness of who he is. Can, your, can in your leisure, God still be seen as a weighty God? Can, can, he, can he still be seen as glorious in how you enjoy yourself? Can your enjoyment can you send God an evite to your enjoyment? Can, can you? I'm just, I'm just asking. Or, or, or do you have to block God, like on Facebook, until you finish enjoying, then you unblock him like he didn't see it? God is every, listen, God, listen, God loves you so much, he wants in on everything in your life. He's not a possessive boyfriend or an abusive dad. He's a loving God that fuses your life with the greatest joy and enjoyment. He's created you for joy. He's created you for enjoyment, but it can only happen if he's involved with it. Everything in your life, no matter what type of season your life goes through, a lean season, a hurtful season, a challenging season, a great season where you tend to forget him. Don't ever forget God through Christ. That's why Christ prayed that we would be one with God. He prayed that in the high priestly prayer in John 17 about his joy. In John 15, he talks about uh, our joy being made complete. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Do we bear fruit and do we experience the joy of God even in our greatest points of enjoyment? That's what God is calling you to. God is calling you to enjoying life with him involved in it. That's your call. Don't come asking me, what's my call? Your calling is to enjoy God with a stamp of his approval on your joy in every single area of your life. Have fun.
Go out, go, go, down, go downtown and go to the clothespin. Go shopping. Go up to Franklin Mills. Go, go, go out to, you know, I know some of y'all say them, them low show. Go out to, you know what I'm saying, King of Prussia, wherever you go. Go to the Outlet Mall. Go to Philly Flavors. Get you some, you know what I'm saying, go to Warm Daddy's on the right night. Um, go. Okay, y'all going to play. Okay, anyway. Go to the waterfront. Walk around. Buy a bike. Rent a bike. Walk down Kelly Drive. Go fishing. Enjoy life. Enjoy yourself this summer. Go to the beach, long as it's not the topless joint down at Rehoboth Beach. All right? Don't get on. I can handle it and you walk in your little stupid. <laughs> listen. Listen. Go to the beach. Get some friends. Enjoy. Get some, take your family. Rid a beach house. Enjoy yourself. I'm not going to say have a drink, but just enjoy yourself. But when in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, does God have an Evite in there? Amen. And if he does, Amen. and if he does, he's with you. He's going to enjoy it with you because he saved us to enjoy himself with us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so don't forget that. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, <laughs> for the ability to enjoy you, enjoy you. That's what salvation frees us to do, frees us to enjoy and, and to go in and have a good time on you. And, and I, mean, I mean, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. I mean, so we get, we get, we get to enjoy it, but God, we want to do it on your terms. We want to, like you, <laughs> you, you say enjoy, you enjoy life. And um. God, we want, we want to make sure that we, we want convictionless enjoyment. Um, that's what we want. We want convictionless enjoyment. <coughs> so, God, I'm praying today. I'm thankful for you. Thankful that Christ, for the joy set before him, died on the cross for our sins. That's crazy. That because you enjoy him dying on the cross, because the Bible says you, you are pleased to crush him, he found joy in the cross, even though it was so painful. And what an example Jesus Christ is of enjoyment. And so, God, I pray today that we would be people who recognize that reality. And maybe it's someone here. You don't know the Lord Jesus. You never <clears throat> trusted him in the pardon of your sin. That God on the cross died. God the Father put our sins past, present, future on Jesus Christ. So that the beef that he had with us, he wouldn't crush us in hell forever. <laughs> but he did something powerful. He saved us by deeds that we didn't do, but saved them by Christ's deeds on the cross, by him coming from heaven, down on the cross and being raised from the dead. If you repent of your sin and trust in him by faith, you repent of your sin and trust in him by faith. Amen, God. Thank you. We are taken from spiritual death and spiritual life. If you're here today, you don't know Christ as your Savior. We'd love to walk you through what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. If you're here today, please slip up your hand if you want to trust Jesus as Savior. Anyone? In the balcony on the floor, anyone says, I want to trust Jesus Christ today. I want to believe that his death on the cross satisfied my sin. Not Jesus Christ and membership, not Jesus Christ and baptism, not Jesus Christ and anything else, but Jesus Christ and him alone. I'm not going to prompt you, prompt you. If you're here today and you say, I want to put, 
I, I, I know that if I die today, I wouldn't spend eternity with the living God. I know, I know that I know that I know if I, if I die today. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure where I would go. Eternal life is about spending time eternally with God through Jesus Christ and not dying, being separated from him under his wrath forever. If that's you, slip your hand in the air if you want to put your faith, your confidence in Christ.